Welcome to the Victory of the Lamb podcast. We are a simple, straightforward Bible teaching church in Katy, Texas. If you are in the area, we'd love for you to stop by anytime. Otherwise, we hope you use this podcast to grow in your faith and be confident in sharing it with many. You can find us online at VOTL.org. We hope you enjoy this message, and God bless your week. Grace, mercy, and God's never-ending peace be yours in abundance today as you consider how that peace impacts you with Jesus, the champion for the defeated. The Russian novelist Leo Tolstoy loved the workers on his family estate. He decided to spend some more quality time with them than usual, so for a few weeks he worked with them, he shared their food, he slept in their primitive cottages, and thought he was making a great connection. But he was shocked when the workers told him, you know what, we're not really all that impressed with you coming to live with us. You've got your rich father to fall back on who lives right over there. Anytime you want, you can just go stop living in poverty and back into that house over there. But none of the rest of us have that choice. You act as if you're one of us, but you're not really one of us. Shift your mind into comparing that attitude towards our take on Jesus. Is he just someone who came to live with us for a little while? The Son of God from heaven, but he could go back to his father's house anytime he wanted? Hardly. When Jesus came from heaven to earth, he, I suppose, could have gone back to his heavenly father anytime he wanted, had he chosen to disrupt his mission, but he didn't. He became one of us. He suffered like one of us. He was tempted in every way like one of us, perhaps even more strongly than anyone else. There is one game-changing fact that's different about Christ than us, though. It is that Christ handled all that temptation without sin. Last week, we saw heaven open. Moses and Elijah with Jesus, brilliant faces like the sun, clothes like lightning. God the Father saying, This is my Son. Listen to Him. Today, we see hell opening and the devil charging ahead with all the forces and wiles and tricks he can muster. Heaven's champion was tired and hungry and weak. Hell's champion was fresh and energetic and snarling. Our eternity hung in the balance. Let's take a look at Matthew chapter 4 and see how this all-time battle went down. Verse 1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting forty days and forty nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. The Holy Spirit had decided that it was best for Jesus to go into the wilderness for 40 days of prayer and fasting. Satan took advantage. He tempted Jesus by saying, Did God really say this is the best way? What kind of God is this? 
He supposedly loves you and cares about you and is with you, but then he makes you go through something so terribly inconvenient and annoying? If you are the Son of God, then take a shortcut. No one's going to know. Who will see? It'll just be our little secret. You know, I'm not going to tell anyone. Tell these stones to become bread and get this annoying fast over with. Take the shortcut. I'm just trying to help you here. But heaven's champion saw right through what hell's champion was trying to say. This was all about trusting God through a difficult time, not charging ahead without God on your own path because of a difficult time. Jesus answered with Scripture, I live on every word that comes out of the mouth of God. If this plan was what God the Father and God the Spirit thought was best, Jesus was all in and he trusted them. Hell's champion circled back for another round. Did God really say he will always send his angels to protect you? Well, that's great news. That means you can do whatever you want. Jump off this cliff. God will make it okay unless he's just a big talker full of hot air. Go ahead, Jesus. God promises nothing but good in the end no matter what you do. Do whatever you want. It'll be fine. Satan had quoted the Bible to prove his point, but it was out of context. Heaven's champions saw right through that lie as well. God's word stands firm in the heavens. He never wants you to listen to his promises, even though they are eternally true, and then go and do whatever you want in your life, as though you have a green light to charge ahead with your own path and God has no rules that he cares about. To hear God's angels will protect you and then respond by going to jump off a cliff is not how God wants you to respond to his promises. Jesus answered Satan with scripture, do not put the Lord your God to the test. He trusted that with all his heart. He did not need to do anything else in order to be sure it was valid. Hell's champion responded, perhaps because he was a little frustrated that the more subtle temptations didn't work, with a big and bold temptation. Listen to what he said next. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and angels came and attended him. Never mind that the devil does not own the kingdoms of the world. Never mind that the devil doesn't get to decide who gets what. If he did get to decide who gets what, he wouldn't give us one rusty nickel. But he doesn't get to decide, and so we have far more blessing from God. Yet Satan set all that aside and offered all the kingdoms of the world in return for Jesus just bowing down and worshiping him once. Here, Jesus, he said, live for this world, not after death. You can have it all and you can have it cheap right now. Just one little act of worship and there's no further need to struggle in the wilderness. There's no more living in poverty. And best of all, there's no more painful cross at the end of it. I'm just looking out for you here. I'm just trying to help you. 
It was a seductive lie, to be sure, but heaven's champion did not negotiate. He did not toy with temptation. He did not leave the devil any wiggle room. Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Jesus thundered the first commandment. Hell's champion wasn't getting anywhere, and Satan had no choice but to leave. He didn't leave for good. He certainly tempted Jesus very often during his life. He only left for the time being until a different opportune time came around. And yet, one little word, Christ, had felled him. The devil tempts us much in the same way he was bold to tempt Jesus. Did you notice that when hell opened up to tempt the Son of God, those temptations are really the exact same temptations we struggle with every single day of our earthly lives? The devil doesn't need to stray very far from them because he's so successful with them. Temptation number one. Did God really say you must carry a cross before receiving a crown? Take a sinful shortcut. Temptation number two. Did God really say that he'll deliver you from evil? Well, then do whatever you want. You have a license to sin because of his word. Temptation number three. Did God really say you must live for him and not for this world? Worship him only? Can't you love this world even just a little? What a terrible batch of temptations bombarding us at all times in many ways. There are many, many, many possibilities that I could come up with as to have some examples how Satan tempts you in your life. But I'd like to pick this one because I think it's very common and especially difficult and can lead to so many other sins when we fall into it. Love for enemies. Love for all people. Just think how Satan uses each of these three temptations with that one theme of difficulty in mind. Did God really say you must love your enemies? What kind of fool would ever think that? What are you supposed to do? Just lie down, let people walk all over you? Tell them your mind. Tell them what is right. They don't deserve anything different. And then ghost them. Take a sinful shortcut. They deserve it. Or, does God really say, love all your enemies? Well, he knows that's not possible. He'll forgive you for nasty comments, so go ahead. Let it fly. Let your tongue loose. God will forgive you anyways in the end. The temptation to take God's forgiveness as a license for sin is real in the love for enemies category. Or temptation number three, this world not heaven. That enemy over there is busy building their kingdom and it might be bigger than yours. They're probably going to gang up on you soon. So you better trample them. You better one-up them. You better get ahead. They need to be the one who come crawling back to you, not the other way around. We have so much sin in our life as we think about how we have fallen for Satan's three basic temptations. And the sin that we have is innumerable. And what's more, we aren't able to fix it. In fact, the more we try to fix it, the more sinful we become. 
It's like there's an ink stain on our shirt. And as we have ink leaking on our shirt and say, oh no, my shirt is stained. And then we try to fix it and clean it, but all we do is spread the mess. Now all of our shirt is stained, not just some of it, and on our hands, and in our pants, and who knows where else. Also going to other people. What are we going to do? Full of such wretched sinfulness before the eyes of God when He demands holiness. This, dear Christian, is exactly why Jesus came. He is the champion for the defeated. Jesus came down from heaven not to be served, but to serve. This is why heaven opened up. Our major problem of sin is exactly what the name Jesus is all about. He saves. He's our champion. Never for even a second did he entertain a sinful shortcut, but he only focused on God's word, even when he was hungry and tired. Never was Jesus casual about God's protection, or he heard his promises and then thought, oh, great, now I can charge off my own path without regard for what God thinks. No. Jesus Christ wasn't like Tolstoy, who lived like a peasant for a little while, but then really most of the time was pampered in his father's house. He never lived for this world. He only lived for heaven. First for himself, then for all the rest of us, that we could be saved instead of lost. Jesus took zero shortcuts. He drank the cup of suffering that our sins deserve to the very last drop. He loved his enemies perfectly in every way, which includes loving me and you when we were his enemy, paying for our sins in full. He's the only one who qualified to do so. Nobody else could do it. He destroyed the devil's work. Heaven's champion destroyed hell's champion. His victory is our victory. Do you understand what this means? This means that now you have something to say when that same Satan bombards you with temptation. Because I wish I could say that you're not going to be tempted anymore. And I wish I could say that you're not going to fall into sin anymore. But we know our enemy is relentless. We are going to be tempted. We are going to fall into sin. And Satan comes around like a wolf in sheep's clothing. Let me say that another way. He looks and tells you that he is just a big, fluffy, cute creature that the kids ride on at the rodeo. But actually, he is a ferocious wolf with fangs dripping with blood and saliva. See him for what he is. When he starts the doubt by leading you into a cesspool of did God really say? Recognize when you're being tempted. See your enemy for who he is. Your enemy is not him or her or them or this circumstance. Your enemy is Satan. And when you realize who your enemy is and recognize that you're being tempted, hold fast to God's word. Memorize a Bible verse to counteract your pet sin. 
And if you need help coming up with one, let me know. I'd be glad to help you. And then keep thinking about that Bible verse. And keep thinking about your heavenly champion, Christ, the champion for the defeated, as Satan tries to bombard you with his lies. Finally, learn how to recover when you fall. Satan loves to toss lie after lie your way, and then when you fall, he continues to lie and manipulate you, leading you to think that you must be your own Savior, and that is not possible. And so therefore, it's just you and the accuser alone. And that's how it's always going to be. No. Learn how to recover when you fall. Live in the truth. Who are you? You are a sinner. Get real with it. A beggar for grace. No different than anyone else. Doomed if you are responsible for awarding yourself salvation. But then, who is Jesus? He is our heavenly champion who came for beggars for grace. He came for sinful wretches like us. Not to toss us around in guilt, but to announce to us forgiveness. A mighty fortress is our God, a trusty shield and weapon. When I feel my faith will fail, He will hold me fast. Christ alone finishes the job of paying for our sin. And He did so all by Himself. It's not a combination effort. That's who Jesus is. He's never going to change. And so then, who is Satan? Satan is a defeated liar whose accusations will drift off into nothing because Christ has paid for them in full. Hold the cross before your eyes. Hold the cross before Satan's eyes. And there is nothing that that cross cannot resolve. What a gift we have in Jesus. A wonderful verse to keep in mind is from John 16, verse 33. There, Jesus says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Peace is not found by taking sinful shortcuts or by misusing God's Word as a license to sin, or by finding something in this world that makes us happy and departing from God's Word along the way. Peace is found in Jesus. And so even though we have trouble and trial, even though temptation assails us every step of every day, we still have peace. Not because we conquer temptation perfectly, but because Jesus has. Not because... We have the power to fight off sin, but because Jesus does. Never forget who your champion is. In Him, you have peace. All the time. Every day. Christ, the champion for the defeated. Amen. Time is precious. Thank you so much for investing some of your time with us today. Could I ask you for one more favor? 
If you're enjoying this podcast, please don't forget to click subscribe and give us a rating. Just a few seconds of your time will help other people hear the simple, straightforward Bible message we offer. Thank you so much. God bless your day in Christ.